Welcome to How the Song Came to Be, where soulful songwriters share the stories behind their songs, as well as tools and creative practices you can use to bring your best songs or other creative works to life. I'm Ann Heaton, your host. In my experience, I can set up a place to write and get on a, you know, I, and I don't write in it. I set up an entire room to write in so that this will be my writing space. And inevitably, when these moments happen where a song comes, uh, or the beginnings of a song comes, I am not in that room. I am on the couch with the television on and I have to go find paper. Um, it's, not a, um, it's not a structured thing. Welcome songwriters. I'm Ann Heaton, your host and founder of Soul Song School. I am here with Melissa Farrick. Melissa Farrick is a singer-songwriter who was signed to Atlantic Records at the age of 21. She has released 17 albums over the last 24 years and toured extensively throughout North America. She has shared the stage with artists such as Morrissey, Mark Cohen, Paul Westerberg, John Hyatt, Joan Armitrading, Weezer, Tegan and Sarah, Bob Dylan, Ani DeFranco, and Katie Lang, among others. Melissa is currently uh, an, an associate professor at Berkeley College of Music, as well as the artistic director of the five-week programs performing songwriter division. She is also currently earning her master's of education at Harvard University. Welcome to the show, Melissa. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks, Anne. You forgot yeah. to include yourself and shared the stage with. And share the stage with Anne Heaton. That's yes. exactly right. Many, many stick, times. Stick I have my name the stage with you, too. Yeah. Uh, and I've shared the stage with you. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Awesome. Yeah. Super fun. Well, so you've mentioned that we've shared the stage, so we've known each other a long time. Um, and in thinking about talking to you, I realized I don't know the answer to this question. Um, but I'd love to start the way that I start with all the songwriters, which is, can you talk a little bit about how and why you got into songwriting? What's... What compelled you? What's your story around why you began? Yeah. Well, when I was little, like five, I started playing violin, you know, and um, I used to write these little songs. The first one was called Dead Skunk in the Middle of the Road. And um, <laughs> it was a great song. And um, so I wrote that on the way to violin lessons with my mother. And that's like one of my happiest childhood memories is driving to my violin lessons every Thursday with my mom and she would let me steer the car sitting on her lap and I would make up songs with her in the car. And um, so that kind of joy space um, and space of not thinking about anything else arrived when I was really little in this extremely safe and loving place with my mother that I mm -hmm. looked forward to every week to go play an instrument so they kind of like all merged i really do think that that's when it started and i wrote that song down um and uh i mean i, I there's a dead skunk in the middle of the road it's stinking and smelling and smelling and stinking it's a dead skunk in the middle of the road you know it was just like uh and then i wrote other little songs and i learned how to notate and i would be into that um and so i just started writing so i don't really know how it started other than i realized that i could put melody to words and that um it would make me feel happy inside mm -hmm. and it would help me to not 
worry because mm-hmm. I, I was a worried kid. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why it started. And um, yeah, do you want to go ahead? Let me, I want to ask you a little question about it. So, um, and how, well, because I think about my girls there, as you yeah. know, six and when, even when they were two, they'd be singing making up songs in their cars. I don't know what they were saying, something about the trees or was there a way that your mom responded or didn't respond that made you really feel like it was that safe space and you kept going? Yeah. Like, you, or did she say like good job or? Well, she would sing with me um, oh. and there would be a lot of laughter or uh, sing that again. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, I like that. Um, and also the, like the use of like a subject matter, like a dead skunk, you know what I mean? Like, and I had another one, uh, called it's you and me and mommy tonight. Yeah. (laughs) You know, which like, uh, had a bad word in it, but because it was in a song, I I didn't get in trouble. Oh yeah. You know, so like I was allowed to say things that I might not have said. For instance, um, one of the boys in their Grammy was six, and he said, um, "There's a song, uh, but it has a uh, there's this song that's on the radio, but it has a really bad word in it." Um, and we were like, what, what, "What are you talking about?" And he was like, "It's the S word." And so you know, you think something really bad, and he's like, "It's called Shut Up and Dance." And um, and so, but like, he's allowed to sing that song, you know. Oh, so, right. he sings it. so I think that music gives you um, songs, you know kind of not only does it give you the ability to sing if you haven't written it, things that you feel re- like relate to you and what you're going through, but it also helps you to sing things that you might not have said or, mm-hmm. you know, out loud. Um, mm-hmm. Like I would oh, never, you know, and I, so it's kind of weird, like everybody dance now, you know what I mean? Like, I, like we know pop hits and we know silly things or, you know, yeah, that aren't really a part of our lives. And, anyway so I love that I just want to highlight what I'm thinking I'm hearing which is basically like your mom I mean your mom's not like a a, a musician right no yeah no No, but she 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 joined in that joy space with you that's what it sounds like to me like she joined in the joy like you were making joy and then she nurtured that yep so that's really cool and you're writing songs about like just what's going on like I'm imagining there was a dead skunk or you you must have been and so it's just like really concrete or you, me and you and mommy. Yeah. There's not like these, you're a kid. You're just singing about your life or what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's probably, I mean, that's the kind of songs I write too. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, um, I don't, uh, I mean, I know your girls, so I know that like they're really, really create. Like I, I wasn't the kind of kid who, uh, like Johnny, the little guy, like he'll, he, he sings about things that nobody knows what he's talking about. You know, like, it's like, um, like you said, when like you're talking tree. about Johnny, you're talking about your son. I'm just clarifying. Yeah. 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 yeah like a little, but like, a little. you know, like that there's like a, the dragon in the clouds and the trees, you know, in, in your, in your stomach and, and then ha 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 ha. It's just like really fantasy oriented kind of mm-hmm. thoughts, mm-hmm. which I didn't do. So I think I, I actually wanted, that would be a really fun thing to, um, to study, which would be, you know, songwriters who like us, our age or older and look at their like very first pieces of work and see if they were 
you know, narrative or if they were third person oriented or if they were fantasy oriented. Like I wonder what Tom York's five-year-old songs. Yeah. What, the, what that lyrical content was like. Well, I'll have to call him and ask him. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, tomorrow's interview. No, you never know. Um, so I want to know that too. I know my first song was about um, cotton candy ballet lessons and carnivals, I think. Um, See, that's interesting. I was just trying to gather everything that was a happy place and throw it all in one song. All in one song. Yeah. Yeah. But that, it didn't go well. Like I performed that. I've probably already said this, like, but this is a story I tell all the time, but I performed that at a Montessori school for our teacher um, at, during line, circle line time, yeah. where it's time to share a song. And she was like, does anyone have a song to share? And I was like, because oh, I had just written the song about cotton candy. And then she was like, oh, what, what would you like to share? And so I sang it. I was just like vibing out, just loving that I was sharing my happy place with everyone. And then when it was over, she was like, can anyone please share a song we all know? Oh no, that's like, that's like the worst thing I've ever heard. And I was like, then I didn't write a song until I was like 26. But anyway, see, that's, that's not a good teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's what, but that's why I love hearing about like what your mom did. And, and now yeah. that we both are moms thinking about how we interact, you know. Um, yeah. and, and one of the things I say to writers that are, you know, in their teens or in their 20s or even adults who get nervous is you could do this when you were a kid because you didn't. You didn't have any judgment. You know, you were just like making up sounds. You know, you're making up sounds, singing words, driving down the road. There's a tree. You could sing like, there's a tree. You know, like, yeah. so just they have that flow. But anyway, so for you, as you got older, did you just continuously do it from when you were a little kid? Or did it, like, was it reborn when you were an adolescent? Or how did that look? Yeah, I think it petered out there for a while. Um, so I wrote songs when I was very young, but they were very, they were like my own, they were like my own made up nursery rhymes, right? So I think a lot of, I think most kids do that. And then, um, but I was playing violin and it was classically, you know, it was Suzuki, so it was very serious and I loved it. And then I started playing trumpet in like third grade, so I was playing trumpet and violin. And then um, I guess I was like in eighth grade. And there was this kid in town, John, who was older. He was probably like, you know, 16 or something. It felt like he was a lot older. And he had some recording equipment. And I had written this song suddenly. I just suddenly realized that I wanted to write songs. I don't really know what happened. I, I, really, I, really, don't, I really don't know. Maybe it was because um, I got a guitar and I was playing bass, I was taking bass lessons. And then my aunt had this guitar that was like under her bed. So she gave it to me. And I learned how to play like four chords. And I just started writing songs all over it. What I realized was that the diary entries that I had been doing and I had been writing. So I actually, that's right. So I had been writing poetry and short stories and submitting them to my school's little newspaper. And we had a little magazine of poetry and, and my pieces would get in there and that felt really good and validating. And, um, and then I realized that you could put words like that to music. And, um, and that was it. I was hooked. Yeah, that, I mean, by, by my freshman year, I was, I mean, I was still playing sports a little bit, but not really. It was just, everything was shifting right towards music all the time. And, um, and that really started right with that, with that kid, John. I, I went over to his house and I don't remember, 
uh, I think the song was called All Through the Night, which is like, you know, such a basic cliche title, but um, he demoed it for me. You know, so there were like other instruments on it and I heard my voice through a microphone with effects on it. And it was like so cool. I used to go over there and hang out in his basement. And, um, we had these other, these other girls that I was friends with would come and sing background vocals and we would just do this thing after school. It was a really good time. So I just kept writing songs. That's, and then I was in talent shows, you know, kind of all, it feels like, you know how when you're in high school, it feels like it's taking so long to get through it. But mm -hmm. now it seems like it was a really fast period of time. It's only four years, you know, now four years, I think about four years. I mean, that's like four years of, I can do a lot in four years now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just I interesting. Love I love that you had that really great foundation, you know, like you, you had people making sure you had lessons. Your mom was, you know, like she was encouraging you in her way. And then you ran into this kid, John, and you had talent. Yeah. You were doing, I didn't know any of that about you. I think that that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know that no, there was ever an adult home when we were over there. <laughs> but, you know, it was the 80s and it was like, nothing bad ever happened. He was a great, yeah. know, great guy. He was, I, but I think he was, he might've, it might've been my freshman year of high school and he had already graduated. And I think he was dating one of the girls that was the background singer. And I don't think that they were like supposed to be dating. So there was that kind of like high school drama going on. Yeah. And that, and that actually made it more fun, you know, cause you feel right. like you're alive. Like you feel like, right not only are, is this a, like, you know, you're making a demo and you, you have this feeling about it, like that, you know, on cassettes, that's how it was then. And, and then there was also this like danger factor that. Well, the excitement, maybe it like gives you energy for, to make the <laughs> excuse me. Yeah. You know, and you're in a basement and it's dark and there's like a lava lamp and like the Christmas lights are up and the dog <laughs> stairs. And oh, that's awesome. All right. Let me, I have a couple other questions that I just, yeah, and I think, I think of these questions. So, um, um, well, I don't know which one to ask first. Okay, I'll just, I'm just going to roll them out. Okay, here we go. So I know sometimes when you're playing a live show, all your live shows are good, but I feel like when you feel like they're good, you'll say to me or someone after the show, it, you know, I was gone. Like, it was like I wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like, or I don't know exactly the words you use, but it's kind of like, you say something like you got out of the way or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, maybe you can tell me what exact words you use, but um, I'm wondering if that ever shows up for your writing process or if your writing is more, is different. Yes, the writing process, the one that I like the most, which is not a process, <laughs> is when it just happens. Mm -hmm. When it, you know, um, as Elizabeth Gilbert says, you know, like when it comes out of the walls and, and I believe that to be true. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I believe that to be the gift of songwriting and, um, the talent that I have is to put it down and then convey it. Oddly enough, um, talent is this word that comes, um, actually it's a, it's a vessel. It, that's what the words like this Greek origin which was a <clears throat> talent was a, um, was a vessel and it would, um, no, it wasn't. So there was this thing called an amphora, excuse me. It was called an amphora and a talent was the measure of liquid or, <clears throat> or spice that could be put into this amphora and then put in the bottom of a boat 
to, to then go and, and cross the seas, right? Okay. So I love that the talent was the amount of that, you know, substance that could be put in the vessel. Mm. And that's like exactly what I think. It's just kind of a cool... Wait, so in other words, are you saying instead of looking at a talent as something that you have or born with, talent could be looked at as something that you're willing to receive? Like, are you open enough to receive that song that's coming out of the wall? Is that what you mean? Yeah, and so if that's the case, if, that, if, I, think about that, uh, if I think about talent and me as my body as, or my soul as the vessel, maybe a combination of both, my spirit and my, and my physical being, then the amount of, so, you know, what is a talent? It's actually, it's a talent back. It was an actual amount, you know, it was mm-hmm. a, like a yard or however much, uh-huh. I don't know how much it was. But um, so depending on how I'm living my life, I mean, this is very heady and very esoteric, existential, I mean, but um, depending on how I'm living my life, I feel like that, that reflects, um, the uh the amount of information i can take in so sometimes sometimes my talent is really can sustain a lot of information and sometimes Uh my talent can only um, okay wait so this is what i want to know so depending on how you're living your life so let me get to that in a minute so when this when the song is coming out of the wall for example do you feel like you need to create space for that like oh i I need to make sure i'm doing nothing a few mornings this week or for an hour on saturday or can you be watching a television show and suddenly you feel like the song comes out of the wall or you can be driving in your car and you get it like do you need to to create space you know taking a walk in nature or something for this to happen or do you feel like you can live your life and those things will come yeah, I don't, I can't will it. So I mm-hmm. don't take a walk. <clears throat> I don't get ready. And mm-hmm. I'm talk, you know, we're talking about the, the moments, right? Like that, that do not happen every day. The, the mm-hmm. out of the wall songs, you know, which are generally speaking the best songs I write. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, to me, they are, they just are, they're better. And, um, they're not done, you know, I have to do a lot of work with them, but the initial <clears throat> receiving, um, the, that, that is a, um, you know, it kind of, I just had this thought, like, it's kind of like, remember before you knew who was calling you on the phone? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like that, like the, the anticipation that the joy of realizing who it is. Mm-hmm almost the same as that moment that it starts to happen. I recognize mm-hmm. that moment when I start to write. And then it is like I, um, like I don't remember. And that's what, when you talk about the live shows, that, that's, what I, that's when I get off the stage and I pretty much don't remember what I played. Mm-hmm. Or, or it happens specifically when someone says, what was the third song you played? And, I'm, and my response is always like, I have no idea. Um, even, right. And even if I look at the set list, I could look at the set list and try to remember. Um, but it is a, it's a meditative state. And I think that writing is a meditative state too. When that phone call comes in and you don't know what it's going to be. 
So when you talk about that, these songs that come out of the wall are some of the best songs you write. And granted, yeah. you have to work on them. They don't come complete. Like, yep. what, are there some ways that you would recommend that people, like thinking of the songwriters listening, are there, are there some ways you can treat yourself or live your life that it's more likely that you would hear this, this song coming, you know? Yeah. I mean, so what I'm, what we're taught is that in order to be more open to receiving these moments of grace, um, you should be that writing every day as a practice um, is keeping your muscles uh, warmed up. Uh, and so whether or not I believe that to be true, I, I just don't know. Because um, if that were the case, then when I was playing, you know, whatever, almost 300, you know, 250 shows a year, um, living in this... Uh, yeah, but then, you know, you could say, well, was that how I was supposed to be living? This is also like uh, philosophical. I'm just not sure. Uh, when people say that, you know, um, that, that rule of thumb um, kind of academic, well, you have to write every day and it should be at the same time and you should have a writing space and uh, all of that. My experience is like, I'm not saying that that's wrong, that that doesn't work for some people. And there is probably a lot of truth to that. But in my experience, I can set up a place to write and get on a, you know, I, and I don't write in it. I set up an entire room to write in so that this will be my writing space. And inevitably, when these moments happen where a song comes uh, or the beginnings of a song comes, I am not in that room. I am on the couch with the television on and I have to go find paper. Um, it's, not a, um, it's not a structured thing i love that you're saying that because i feel like that doesn't get said very much and i feel like it can set people up to think oh i'm failing I'm, i made this writing space i'm not doing it every day like and and you're i mean you're probably one of the most prolific songwriters i i know and have known yeah. over the last many years um i mean That's, i can think how many songs i've written on dunkin donut napkin right you know, and something, you know, I mean, for me, I'm just going to say this in case it triggers something, but like, for me, it's, it's all, it, every day is different. Like having a, a set writing space is good for me in case I'm resisting writing something that deep down I want to, cause I can go to it. So sometimes having that structure is like, I'm suddenly like, oh yeah, I know why I'm resisting this, but it will be good. But other times it's like, what's most creative for me or soul fulfilling is to leave the house and go see that friend and or listen to that like NPR thing that gives me an you know what I mean? It's yeah. not always writing. And so I feel like for me it's like following whatever eccentric I mean obviously I can't follow every eccentricity I have every day. I have like obligations <laughs> and bills to pay and people to take care of. But with it like what well, within that, you know, um anyway, what do you what, yeah. Yeah, I just, I think as a, um, I think it's just so individual, you know, I think that um, there are athletes who need to um, have 
you know, wear the same socks and the same hat. And, you know, you look at a baseball player, you know, and, or, uh, you know, or, or an Olympic athlete and the, the reg, the kind of training that they do, you know, um, because being a performing songwriter is, um, is a sport. (laughs) It's a sport. So, um, I do think that live show playing is definitely something that you, that I, I, um, I had more, more stamina. I got more stamina as far as like doing it night after night, after night, after night. Mm-hmm. However, the quality of the show, um, didn't, it, it didn't get better, um, because there was no time to reflect. So it's this, um, balance of overworking and so i think that that's true of writers as well so i think it's really Mm -hmm. important to have time to collect information uh, feelings you know all that um notice the world notice how you're relating to the world how the world is relating to you um in the same way that i feel like i'm a better live performer now even though i don't play as much Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think I'm a better writer now, even though I'm not writing as much. And I don't, I'm not afraid of the not writing periods anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I, went, I went through one that I was very afraid during, which was in 2009 after I put out Goodbye Youth. Um, I put, put out Goodbye Youth in 2008 and I didn't write until I wrote the album In the Eyes of Strangers, which which doesn't seem like a long time, but that didn't come out till 2010. And so I didn't write for basically all of 2008 and all of 2009. At the end of 2009, I just started writing. I wrote like a whole record in like two months. Um, So what happens to me is, I really do believe this to be true, which is that I think I have to get, and this is just how I am. I, I have to get like so full that I can't put anything else in when we talk about, you know, the, the talent as a, as a measure of units. Um, so, and then I, and I just can't put any more in and I have to let go. Mm-hmm. So it's either that or I'm empty and stuff comes in. I'm not, I'm not really sure that there's much of a difference. You know, I think that it's either I, I fill up, fill up, fill up, fill up, and I can't hold any more. So I have to release in in the way to then either fill up again or be empty to receive more. I think that that's the way it rolls for me. And Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes that takes uh, a a year. Sometimes that takes a really long time. I mean, I have like maybe six things that I'm writing, but I'm just working on them. They're pieces. They're not, I haven't, I haven't had a, a moment song come at me. What is it? 2017 since 2015. So, and I'm totally okay with that. (laughs) Yeah. So I love, I love what you're saying because you're saying, A, it's totally individual, you know, because you've heard other people's process and this is your process. So you're going to find, if you haven't found your own process yet, you will. And even when you find it, it may change. Yeah. And that um, to, to be okay with periods where you're not writing, to not be afraid of that, like just to allow that and allow time to collect, um, allow time to observe the world. Um, and I love the, the way you talk about being empty or filling up and then that's, that's 
so well said and beautiful. Yeah. And also like in a, in a, in a school atmosphere, you know, um, I talk about this with my students, you know, like, um, but I also want them to do what I tell them to do, you know, so there's nothing wrong with, um, you mean doing the songwriting exercises or that yeah, kind of thing? And writing, right. every, and writing every day. I mean, when you're 17, 18 years old, I was writing every day, but I was absolutely, I mean, it might not have been structured object writing 10 minutes. Think about your senses. I was writing about my life. I was writing about every feeling I had, um, the immediacy of life. I was dire. I had diaries. I was journaling. I, you know, so it's life is, so that's a great time. You know, that's a mm -hmm. wonderful time to be alive when you're, and you're, you're just like learning so much and you're independent and you're figuring out that you are your own individual person and that nobody can just come along and pick you up now. And you know, like, and, um, and you're going to go to college and you're going to be able to make your own decisions. And, you're responsible for it. it's really really exciting and so there's a lot to write about you're falling in love really hard and uh you know you're everything's just um everything's fast and and um and there's a beautiful you can hear it in any artist's young albums that angst of youth uh that comes across i mean there's usually a lot of anger there's usually a lot of uh, they're usually a lot of first person stuff, a lot about themselves, about relationships, about, uh, you know, uh, wanting to win. Um, there's that, that kind of stuff. And then, um, so with my students, I, I ask them to write every day. And so I'm just trying to say that there's nothing, I, I wouldn't want people to think I'm saying, Oh, you don't have to write. You know, it's like, it either comes to you out of the walls or it doesn't like, that's not what I'm saying. That's, that's just my ex. I do work really hard at the songs once they come out. When I co-write, it's a totally different thing. When I want to write a song that sounds a certain way or that has a certain groove, like I might hear something on the radio or love this, like um, I've been listening to this Jeff Buckley lately and um, thinking about writing melodies like that, you know, you know, different things that get on my mind. Then, I, then I'm kind of practicing those things, but... Um, but there's, that reminds me of the book, The Artist's Way, which is a very famous book, um, that everyone kind of copied after that came out, Cameron's book. So, um, you know, where you write every day and those are wonderful things to do. And they're wonderful boundaries to set for yourself, whether it's okay, you know, our semester is 16 weeks. So for 16 weeks, you know, just do this. You don't ever have to do it again, but just try it because it might really work for you. You might really love it. And if you try it and you know it doesn't work for you, at least you know it doesn't work for you. Um, right. And then you can, do, right. you can find something else. So. Yeah, well, I love when there are like structured environments. Like I'm somewhere for a week. Like I'm going to meet with you and we have a day to write a song. Like that's yeah. fun. You'll get it done. Like you have this pram or you're going away for a weekend and you're writing. So you're, you're showing up to do the work. But I feel like what's underlying what you're saying, you've been writing songs for all these years, is that you, you trust yourself and you trust your creative process. So right now in your life, you're a parent, you're a student, you're a professor. So yeah. maybe you're not like spending four hours writing songs. That doesn't mean you won't write songs. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I, um, I'm totally, I'm totally happy with, um, 
I'm totally happy with my life. <laughs> so I don't, okay, that's yeah. perfect. Cause that's what I want to ask you my next question. Okay. Yeah. So, um, did I, did I mischaracterize that? Or was that, a, was that, did that feel true to you? What? What I, when I just was sort of highlighting what you just said. Oh, it felt totally true. Yeah. Okay. So this is what I want to ask you. So we used to have this joke. I was in this group called Live from New York. Um, I remember, yeah. One of um, our songwriting friends, Teddy Goldstein, would always make the joke, but he was really just repeating a common um, belief that was like, you know, what are you going to do? Like your life, your, if your life gets too good, you won't be able to write any more songs. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Your songwriting will suck. So just that idea that you need to have this like, you know, terrible breakup or something happen. Mm -hmm. And um I just wonder the way you might talk about that because I know that you know you've been writing all all this time all along all, all along, and there were times um, maybe when you were on the road when it was hard and like lonely or out there playing yeah. for months at a time. Um, you're not maybe able to connect with people in in a really deep way, and then now you have this you know such a rich full life. You're more grounded in Boston and yeah. and. I, like you said, I'm really happy with my life just now. And, and, and yet you're, you know, you're still putting out records and you're writing about these things. Is the process different for you or how would you talk about that? Yeah, I think that, um, so yeah, what Teddy said to me, I remember, because that was like in 2000 when I met you or 99 when I met you and I was hanging, and Teddy did a bunch of shows with me too. I love that guy. He's such a good writer. And um I don't know. I had like broken up with some girl and then I was going out with someone else quickly. And he was like, well, you know, uh, you're going to have a catalog of great songs. So, you know, like as a, you know, that's what he meant was, you know, and Sean Colvin has that song where she says, um, well, I got a good song out of it, out of, out of you or something. And I mean, you know, there, I think this comes down to, I mean, I'll say, uh, so what I think is gonna is the test right now for me is, um, am I able to shift and become the kind of writer that can write about things other than how I feel about you or how I think you feel about me or, you know, anything in the me, you world, mm. you know, so yeah, I've put out 27 records or you know i've published a, you know 200 songs or something but like uh, of those 200 songs how many aren't about relationships and there's really not that many now i i could that's the that's the hard truth you know um i could broaden the stroke and say well this was really about but it, that's not really true so i think that this time period for me and shifting into a full-time teaching position and going to school is is a is a is a pivot, a, a, a conscious and purposeful pivot, um, because I need to figure out. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I, I can't. I I just need to do something else to take my mind off of whether or not I'm going to be able to write anymore, which is a pretty um, scary place to be. I've been there before, but when I was still living. Um, uh, an electric life. I don't, I don't know how else, like, like a spark to life, you know, um, mm -hmm. spark after spark after spark. And, um, I don't you mean like touring and playing shows and that sort of, yeah, up and, and people, down. yeah. And relationships yeah. and, 
I mean, everything, mm -hmm. you know, how I moved my, everything, how I moved my body, everything was sparkier. Um, so I, I, I feel good to be less kind of, you know, constantly, uh, constantly lighting a firecracker is kind of how I think of it. You know, there's like only a period of time and then it goes up or, so I feel better that I don't live and I don't feel that way anymore. Um, sometimes I miss it, but, um, I think that, so I think right now it's like, maybe other writers go through this where it's like, I either, it's not about getting better. <laughs> it's like, but can I write in a different way, in a yeah. more gentle way? Mm. And there's also this reminder. I was listening to um, Bruce Springsteen uh, because I was putting my catalog together of songs to play for students. And, um, you know, Bruce Springsteen writes a lot lot of songs about other people in his life. He writes songs about his father and how his father grew up working in a factory. Not to say that there aren't elements of what's going on for, you know, Mr. Springsteen at the time, or maybe elements of struggle with his wife or his kid. I mean, I'm sure those things are in there, but they're, they're born from or seeded from another person. And I haven't written about my past. That's the other thing I realized mm. that I've never written this. I mean, in my life as Melissa Farrick, I, I haven't written songs about before I was 20. Mm. So I have an enormous amount of fuel to, to write about. Um, mm -hmm. And this gets to, uh, you know, that we have to be, you know, the other thing that you hear all the time, which is like, you have to be willing to write the thing you're most afraid to write about. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think that that's probably true. I think that is true. When you write it is up to you. <laughs> yeah. When you're ready. Yeah. And that's different for different people. Yeah. And when you say write it, Maybe for me, it isn't in the form of song anymore. Maybe it's in a pedagogy. Maybe it's in a class. It, you know, maybe it's a book. Maybe it's a play. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's mentoring. I don't. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I. I think um, the thing that I'm most kind of into right now, as far as like what I've been thinking what I've been thinking about uh, is that words in and of themselves have no meaning at all and that um, they only have meaning when they're interpreted so that has kind of thrown me back a little bit which which makes perfect sense it's not like it's that hard for me to understand but so when I write a song and I play you a song I, I can say to you, or as a teacher, I can say, well, I know what that line means because it means this. And the writer doesn't think that it means that at all. And so every word means, every word means something different to every single person, which is like mm -hmm. mind blowing. And then I, even if I say the word it, you have an image in your head of what that is. And it's not the same as mine. So when we put words together or even when we have words apart, people's inner people's movies, people's brains, it's, it's really different. So if I'm trying to think, if, if I think that I'm 
I, I just, I'm really excited that I know this at kind of a, a, a more thought out level going into this new semester because I have said, but that's not what you wrote. And, and I shouldn't say that because it's my interpretation of oh, yeah. it's been written. Not, not, oh, I'm not talking about grammar or anything. I'm talking about meaning. Yeah. So I think it's different than saying to someone, it, whether it's a student or a, a co-writer, um, tell me what you're trying to say here. Right? Yeah. Like, describe it to me more. Um, yeah. Well, I feel like often if you ask someone what they're trying to say and they, tell, they start talking to you mm -hmm. conversationally, like I'll be like, okay, now I get it. Like, right. And I like write it down. I'm like, okay, you just said this. Right. And then give can, them their words. Can, yeah. Can you put that in the song? But I, but even so, like, of course I'm interpreting it differently. I mean that you could, you could geek out on that. Like, yeah, totally. We could. <laughs> I love that you asked yourself, what kind of a writer do I want to be? And like, how mm. is that? And how do I do that? I think that's really important and mature and brave and amazing. And, um, I feel like that's something that's going to come up for a lot of writers. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons I asked you about like, you know, when you're happy, can you write songs is because I think, I know for me, I can get into a habit. Like if a song is sad or it's trying to resolve something I didn't understand, it, it keeps coming knocking. You know what I mean? It's like, it keeps yeah. coming knocking to be like, write me, resolve me, you know, I'm unresolved. Whereas like a hat, like a, there's this song about celebrating that I've, <laughs> that I've had forever. I just don't finish it because it's about celebrating. And then I just go play, you know, and I'm, you know, so I have to, I don't know how, if you approach happy songs, you know, if they need to be written, um, you know, so that's my, that's my experience with that. Like I, I, I don't actually, like I have to ask myself and, now that you're saying, Anne, how, how do you want to approach this so that you can actually share it? Because it may not come knocking as much. Right. Yeah, I think that's, that's interesting that you say that. I, I keep having this thought that I want to buy an electric guitar and, mm. um, and make like a really hard rock album. Mm. And, um, and it's the complete opposite of my life, right? Right? Like, I mean, that volume, uh, uh, aggressive singing, that's not, like, where I'm at. But I, I'm thinking about approaching music. I'm thinking that the next thing I might do is approach music as more of a like another persona mm. the way that Bowie did with Ziggy Stardust where this life that I'm living and that I've been living for, I mean, particularly the last three years, but I would say probably more than like the last six years, but uh, you know, in relationship, in family, inconsistency, not inconsistency, inconsistency, uh, <laughs> not traveling as much, uh, setting boundaries, expanding my teaching, expanding my um, education, and being happy about all those things. Um, maybe what would be really fun is to just 
to, to think about what is the complete opposite of that. And that is like the sex pistols, you know? So, yeah. um, Oh, I love this. Wait, song, songwriters, yeah. I just want to highlight the gold Melissa's dropping right now. So this is the question you can ask yourself, whether you've been yeah. writing a year or five minutes or 10 years, like how do I want to write? And sure, songs might just uh, show up, but it's an interesting question you could journal on. Do I want to write about myself? Do I have stories to tell, relationships I want to write about? Do I want to do, as you said, Bruce Springsteen did, he's writing about his dad, he's writing about other people. Um, consciously telling their stories do i want to write as a persona which sounds so fun yeah so fun it's like flipping okay, just switch, you know so like it's like if you only started if you only if you didn't play that piano anymore and you got you know an organ and only wrote on an organ yeah well i've actually been doing that lately like i'm only writing the one song to a drum loop and i'm only oh uh, yeah cool um, you know because it just leads, you just have, it's exciting to see where that might lead. It leads new places for sure. So I think that's another thing that once you run out of writing from home base, like from your home uh, base, you know, um, there's an entire field, you know? And so I, um, I have no idea if I'm going to do that. I just know that I, I, when you said something keeps knocking, and I saw myself again last night in my dream. I saw myself in my dream um, with a Telecaster, like, like playing through an amp. I used to have a lot of electric guitars, and I don't have any anymore, but I still have an amplifier. But, um, and, you know, Ed Velasquez from Qtivision said to me the last time I was there, he's like, you should make a, like, rock Irish, like, you know, aggressive, album and I, I i thought i he said that to me like three years ago I, I thought this guy's out of his mind i was like really ed that's what you he's like yeah that's i think that's what you should do mm. you know, ed velasquez would probably be a great guy to make a record like that with you know so. that sounds really really super fun yeah it could be really fun i want to be there when you do that um yeah. all right i know i realize we've been talking now for a while so i want to um okay respect our listeners time um i want to ask you two other things one I, well, I, i'm hoping you're going to play a song for us and tell okay. us a story of how it came to be um but before that or actually i'll ask you the other question after so do you, do you have a song you'd be willing to share with us and the story of how it sure well now i now i wish i could play a song that wasn't about me but um <laughs> but uh let's see okay I'll, I'll do, um, I, I want to play careful. Is that okay? Um, so the story about that, uh, the reason why I'm going to play this song is because I'm really proud of this song. And this song is one that came, uh, out of the wall and at me. It's a, it's a true story. And, um, there's some liberty taken, but not a lot. And there wasn't a lot of rewriting that needed to happen with this song. It 
pretty much came out intact. Um, where, where were you sitting when it came? Uh, in the living room on my couch. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and you just got the words or you heard the melody too? All, uh, the words came first. Mm-hmm. And uh, the chords, actually, I was in the tuning for a song called, do you want me to tilt this down a little bit? I was in the tuning uh, for Still Right Here, which is another song of mine. Yeah. That goes, the beginning. But anyway, so that, that's just like the beginning part is just the intro of so right here, it's not really, um, it's just the intro and then it's the refrain of the chorus, but um, at the end of the chorus, but it's the hook. But so I was in that tuning and I had just written careful and I thought, well, I'm in, um, it's drop D and then drop A. So it's D, uh, sorry, D, G, D, G, B, A. So um, I was like, well, what happens if I do this same <laughs> chords but in the opposite direction so mm -hmm. that's, that was as simple as it was I was like well I'll just and then I didn't and then I changed the second chord and I didn't know that I could go and, and so I liked that and it sounded like something I hadn't really done much of before and the second part was um, that I had just watched the documentary on um, uh, the discovery of black holes, and mm -hmm. um, oh. and um, anyway, it was described as um, the the discovery the the moment that a black hole happens is like when stars collide, and when when two stars collide, they create a black hole, and um, it was described in the documentary as the same that it was so beautiful and it was this moment that whose, whose beauty and depth and massiveness basically could only be compared to the moment when you fall in love. And um, I thought that that was amazing and I wrote it down. I was watching the documentary and I wrote that down. Mm. Uh, so I thought I want to use that later. In the bridge of this song, I wrote, mm. um, and it has a reflection of that or a kind of a tipping of the hat to that idea because my friend and her husband were going through a very, very difficult time. And um, he, had, uh, he was an addict and he had relapsed and she found him um, and, they, and, they, and he got help and he got better. But um, it was a very, it was, I, I, I watched her go through this struggle and helped her and, um, as a friend, you know? And so I, that came to me because it felt like, um, I don't know, it just reflected the, the, the black hole thing. So anyway. <laughs> None of this really makes sense. So just come and close the door. Let's leave it all to something else to show us what it is we're in for. Sitting all the way across this room I just gave myself to you And every love I've ever had I want to thank for Getting me to you Every love I've ever had I want to thank for 
get only do. I'm gonna be careful, careful, careful. Gonna be careful, careful, careful. Gonna be so careful, careful, careful. Gonna be careful. Cause it's out of nowhere, it's got me I am overwhelmed and falling Every time I start to listen to the fear I close my eyes and picture I'm gonna let myself sink right down in To the safety of your voice and I'm gonna let you I want thank you for Sorry. getting to me to you Every love I've ever had I wanna thank you for getting to me to you And I'm gonna be careful, careful, careful We'll be careful, careful, careful Gonna be so careful, careful, careful. I will be careful. Because we have both been broken by big things, been planes up there circling. We have watched our Friends collapse under their own gravity. Careful with me, please. Careful with me, please. Throw back your head, open up your heads. Come on, baby, laugh. Let's not let our future down. Wandering around in our past You're so beautiful You're so right here Kinda hurts to look But I'm gonna turn the light on Look into your eyes Feel the way that it's love I'm gonna turn the light on Look in your eyes Feel the weight of our love. I'm gonna be careful, careful, careful. We'll be careful, careful, careful. Gonna be so careful, careful, careful. I promise I will be careful with you. Thank you so much, Melissa. I love that song. Thank you. That was so okay. beautiful. Thank yeah. you. Wow. Oh, and thanks for thanks for chatting and being here with us. Um, one last question before you go. Any parting advice for songwriters? If there was one thing that you would want to impart or share, 
I guess um, just that every song is worth it, you know? Like, um, don't worry if it seems like you're writing the same song over and over again. I think that musicians don't give themselves uh, as much leeway as uh, painters do, particularly. Uh, I think that musicians go through periods as well. And so, you know, I just see a lot of young artists start to get frustrated because they, they think that all of their songs sound the same. And, um, you know, that's really okay. And you need, you know, 15 songs that are kind of similar to get the two best ones out of it sometimes. Um, and I don't know, it just reminded me of that just because um, I've been listening to some Motown lately too. And some, you know, a lot of those songs, they really sound similar. It's a, it's a style, you know, and sometimes um, younger artists too, particularly, they're figuring out what their style is. And so in that process, just, you know, like take yourself, just like give yourself a break, you know, and mm -hmm. like try not to judge you know, if everything sounds the same or if this is really your style or, um, you know, is it good enough or um, it's just the, the judgment, I think, is what can keep us locked away and, and that um, can also stop us from, from writing more. And I think that it closes the door, you know, um, and all, all I want from me, I, I want from myself is to keep my door open, you know, so. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I struggle with that still sometimes. Everybody does, and it's okay to struggle with it. Um, but if you can know that you're, A, that you're struggling with it, and B, that that's okay, and C, that you should try to leave the door open a little bit, you know, even if it is just cracked. So that's what, that's mm. what I would say. <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful. Good. Leave the door open. Keep yeah. writing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, and thanks. Bye, everybody. Okay, bye. Thanks so much for joining us. If you know someone who would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. Thanks so much. Much love.